Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Rob. We've got a great episode for you on Mars Attacks coming up in just a moment. But before we get to that, I just wanted to preemptively correct something. As you know, on Rewatchability, we watch these movies many years after we first saw them. And sometimes we find out that our impressions are wrong. And sometimes we do not get the chance to correct ourselves before the recording. So I'm doing that right now. So throughout this episode, I refer to the actor playing Byron, the boxer King Tuck guy, as Ving Rames. When, in fact, it was not Ving Rames. It was former football champion Jim Brown, who is also an actor. And he does really great in this movie, so I feel super bad for mistaking him for Ving Rames. And as it happens, Jim Brown is in the news this week because he endorses Donald Trump and is against football players kneeling during the national anthem and so he was parodied on SNL this week by Keenan Thompson. So I don't know, you know, if I had only watched SNL before we recorded this podcast episode, I probably would have been all right. But otherwise, it's a fine episode. The only other thing I fuck up is that it is, in fact, microbes that kill the aliens in War of the Worlds. That's also on me. But if you listen to the podcast and you want to play a little game, you can take a drink each time I say Ving Rames, and you'll have a pretty good time, I think. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Professor. What do we know about them? We know they're extremely advanced technologically, which suggests, very rightfully so, that they're peaceful. I suspect they have more to fear from us than we from them. Ladies and gentlemen, Martian Ambassador is going to say a few words. Come on down, Mr. Ambassador. A Martian? Hey, that's close. My God. Yikes. They blew up Congress. <laughs> hey, we all make mistakes, Mr. President. This could be a cultural misunderstanding. Mr. President, they have a planet surrounded with thousands of warships. What do you think, Marsha? Kick the crud out of them.
Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today in the present. Twelve years later, maybe. <laughs> maybe exactly twelve years later. It, could, it has to be twelve. <laughs> no, what's the what's the latest one we've ever done? I think it was like I think ten, 10 years. years. Yeah. Ten years is our cutoff. Yeah, this one is more than that. I did my math wrong. <laughs> We're not good at math. That's why we went to no, film. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> if we could do a math podcast, that would be useful. <laughs> to someone out there. It's educational. Exactly. Unlike this. No. I think we mostly steer people in the wrong direction. <laughs> but Probably. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And we're here to talk about a movie which is out of this world. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, that's the Twilight Zone. Oh, that's... we're not doing the Twilight yeah. Zone? Oh, no, that's okay. copyrighted. You can't, <laughs> you can't sing that theme. Yeah, YouTube's going to shut us down now. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into the film in question, we should first of all thank our Patreon subscribers. Those are the people who give us one, three, five dollars however much you want, mm. however much you're moved to, and that helps us keep the podcast going and keeps the lights on. Really, it's very scary when the lights go out. <laughs> Near the end of the month. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's bad. Especially this month because <laughs> with all the spooky things. Oh, yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. And if you subscribe to the Patreon and give us a bit of money, you get spooky things like the podcast early. Ooh. <laughs> Before anyone else has it. And bonus content like the patreon exclusive episode which dropped last week probably yeah. <laughs> the fly yeah exactly all very eerie all in the spirit of halloween mm-hmm. i'd want to listen to that episode so i would have to go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and donate a little money yeah and plus you know we put a curse on your money so you have to give it to us or else you will be cursed <laughs> little yeah. halloween thing we're trying yeah sure the cursing yeah yeah we we haven't done that every halloween but when we do it's effective yeah yeah and we should mention our big screening oh yeah hot dogs Shaun of the dead part yeah. of the hot dogs podcast festival at the hot dog cinema on bloor street in toronto that's right yeah we'll give you the exact directions on the next episode <laughs> But you've got to come check it out, and you've also got to come check out the rest of the podcast festival. There are lots of great events and panels and stuff like that. But we're going to be there screening Shaun of the Dead, and there will be prizes and games and trivia and drinking. So much drinking. It's going to be late. You got to drink to make it through. Unless you don't drink. That's also cool. There's no pressure. Yeah. It's just we're going to be drinking and we we need someone to drive actually. Yeah. Well, or you can smoke weed with Rob because it'll be legal by then. Yeah. Whoa. We've been marketing this a whole wrong way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, come up, get your weed Getting and high come with up. Rob. <laughs> come Forget this rewatchability stuff. <laughs> so, today we're talking about a movie that is very near and dear to somebody's heart probably. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like your favorite movie of all time. No, it's not my favorite movie, but it's one that I, you know, I don't want to spoil it. I liked it a little bit. Okay. You know. When you first saw it. Yeah. But we're talking about Mars Attacks, the mm. 1996 Tim Burton film starring Jack Nicholson, Ving yeah. Rhames, Natalie Portman. Yeah, everyone. A bunch of aliens, Michael J. Fox, Sarah Jessica Parker. Remington Steele. Sure. <laughs> There's a singer in there. Tom Jones. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people in it's this It's a movie. star-studded cast. 
Yeah, very young Natalie Portman in here, and Jack Nicholson playing multiple roles. Like he wanted to be Eddie Murphy or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they had him in a fat suit, but uh, <laughs> it was deemed insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone on set, it was just really bad. But did you see this movie when you were younger? Yeah, I did. I remember it being kind of a, a flop and not one of those movies that was particularly hugely comedic, but it also wasn't like steeped in sci-fi lore. Like it was it was like a sci-fi comedy, but it wasn't it wasn't so much of either, right? You're describing a lot of what it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I was when I was a kid and I saw it. It didn't really hit the button on e- any one of its genres and kind of hit this middle place that was like, am I supposed to laugh at this, or is I'm, am right. I supposed to be horrified at this? I don't quite know. And I did like Tim Burton, right? I, like as back, a person, back <laughs> as a filmmaker, <laughs> as a filmmaker before his before all the CG came in, right? And too many, too many Johnny Depp's, too many Depp's. <laughs> he he sank to the depths <laughs> of depravity. So I liked it a lot, but I I thought that it kind of missed the mark, and I saw what other people didn't like about it. You were very time. critical as a child. Apparently, this is what I remember. This is what I remember. And I've seen it since, like, uh, we talked about this on the Men in Black, but I saw this after Men in Black while I was on vacation at one point, not going around and seeing Portugal, just just watching just, you, this you, movie. You chose to watch Mars Attacks Parts instead of, of Mars seeing Attacks, yeah. Portugal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the most majestic countries in Europe. Certainly the cheapest one to fly to. (laughs) The cheapest and most majestic. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. You have castles, then you have cheap food. Yeah. Yeah, what what more do you want? Mars Attacks, apparently. You want some of Mars Attacks. You just want to watch a middling Tim Burton movie. (laughs) What about you? When did you first see this movie? I think I saw it on video. I was a big Tim Burton fan growing up Mm. because, A, he brought us Batman to the screen twice. And like the best comic book adaptation of the time. For sure. Like and hands down. Yeah. I mean, you could argue the first Superman movie is a masterpiece oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah. True. But it was for sure but the that one. that was before our time, I feel. A little Superman, bit. Yeah. Yeah. And also Beetlejuice. Loved Beetlejuice. Yeah. So I thought Tim Burton was, you know, basically the only film director. <laughs> I think when I first saw this movie. Yeah. And you were like, maybe there's others. Maybe I'll change the channel. Maybe I'll go see if there's others after this movie. Yeah. But I do remember liking it overall. Yeah. And it had like a lot of elements that I was really into or at least recognized. Like Jack Nicholson. He was like, I think, my favorite actor at that point. Whoa, really? Yeah. From like being Joker. Well, I mean, that was part of it. Yeah. But also like The Shining. Oh, you saw that when you were a kid, eh? I mean, I think I saw, like, parts of it, or, like, I saw, like, there was something about the Enough iconography. Enough to fuck you up. And other, like, Jack Nicholson performances, there was just, like, something about him. He was, like, such a force of nature yeah. presence, you yeah. know? As good as it gets. <laughs> that's the best kids movie he's that's done. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. you know? <laughs> him typing in his underwear. I'm like, that's intense, man. <laughs> there is something, like, really charming but offbeat about him, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah. But so I liked this movie overall, but I think that I also sort of there was something that I was grasping for in like trying to put it all together. Yeah. So I think I was fascinated by it, you know. It was just like the world was so vivid and like there were so many characters and also like the fact that when the aliens when Mars 
attacks, exclamation mark. <laughs> right, yeah. They kill, like, all of our favorite people or horrifically maim them. I'm yeah. talking about I'm talking about Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> from Sex and the City. Yeah, they took away your Sex and the City star. Right I was there. a big Sex and the City fan. I Who cannot wasn't? remember her character's name. Claire? <laughs> but Michael J. Fox... Yeah, Michael J. Fox, and I, I when I when I was rewatching it, it was very surprising when he died. Yeah, because uh, he's a good person. James Bond at the time was was in this. Yeah, which is very weird. Well, yeah, but also at the same time, we knew that he was kind of a dick from Mrs. Doubtfire, so we were like, eh. Oh, okay, yeah, I might deserve you know, it. Might deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So you like this movie? I like this movie, but I also think it was like. The beginning of the end for Tim Burton. You know? <laughs> well, I feel like this movie was the start of his love affair with CGI. I think so, too. And so I think that ruined him. Yeah. <laughs> it just destroyed him as a person, as a filmmaker, as a man. No, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Maybe. Those two. But Maybe. as a filmmaker, I think there's a good argument to be made that CGI That's one of the components that has ruined him as a filmmaker. I mean, the other one we've touched upon as well. Yeah, for sure. So, surprisingly, he's not in this movie. No. No, he is not. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. We want to run it down for our audience. Okay. There's Mars. Okay. Are there men there? Because women are on Venus. No, okay. They attack. Oh, wow. Okay, let's go back to what you were doing. You're saying that <laughs> there's this other planet full of women. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's called Venus. But we, like, are you saying, because there are, like, was a relationship feminine book I read. aspects to the Martians. Are you saying that they're all male? Is that what the metaphor is? Well, they said they, they had no genitalia in this movie. Oh. So they were unsexed. Hmm. Yeah. Good start. <laughs> Good start of the podcast where we can just get into weird stuff right okay. away. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. So it sort of starts in Lockjaw, Kentucky. <laughs> Is that where it starts? Is that the name of the town? Don't know if it's a real place, but <laughs> uh, sounds like it. And sort of an interesting note to start on, we see a Filipino farmer. Yeah. And this like... Kind of redneck guy. Ignorant white yokel on a tractor comes up. <laughs> And he's like, are you barbecuing for some Filipino holiday? <laughs> yeah, he calls it the New Year. He's like, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> stop being racist God towards me. God damn it, Jerry. We've talked about this. <laughs> uh, Jerry, get a real car instead of this tractor you're driving around, man. But yeah. they look off in the distance and there's smoke and everything. And there's a, a flaming herd of cattle. Yeah. Striking image. I think that's a pretty good image to start Mars Attacks with. For sure. Yeah, and then this saucer comes up behind the house and, and goes off. Yeah. So and, this is Martian territory. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we've we seen this like... Martian country. A million times before. It's War of the Worlds. It's... Independence Day. Right. Yes. Well, that also came out like right... Oh, yeah. I think same around year. the yeah. same... Yeah. They're pretty similar in a lot of ways. One's better. <laughs> yeah. This one. <laughs> Probably. So it's a hard toss-up. So then we get like all the Mars getting ready for war, and then we meet all our characters. And there's so many characters in this movie. Yeah. It's insane. Well, it's sort of like I liken it to Robert Altman's shortcuts. <laughs> sure. It's like sure. Raymond Carver wrote a bunch of short stories about mm. Mars. <laughs> 
Or actually, Mars Attacks was an unrelated short story that they just sort of like, you know, sewed together in there. And well, it was really about like Ving Rams, you know, and his family. He has to go work at the casino. And it's tough. Right. It's a tough, like, true to life story. So much like shortcuts, much like Robert Altman's shortcuts, based off of a literary masterpiece. So too several literary masterpieces. They're Mar- short stories. There are short stories. Mars Attacks is based off a literary masterpiece. It's it's based off like a toy line, isn't it? No, you're no. absolutely wrong. It's based off trading cards. Oh right. Yeah, this may, this joins like the great legacy of movies such as the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> Oh, man. We might want to do that as like a Patreon special episode because I remember that movie is like a horror story yeah. of my youth. It was scary beyond all get out. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a sort of interesting place for this to sort of like come from, the like the trading, the trading cards. cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it is really artful. And I understand why they approached Tim Burton with the property because he's so like grandiose in his art design and you'd want that for someone making a playing card into a movie. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he actually found it and was interested in it at some point. I mean, it sort of went through like a whole development thing. Like at one point, Martin Amos wrote a draft of the script. Really? You know, the guy who wrote Time's Arrow. Yeah. (laughs) That's very weird. Seems like his sort of thing though. Not at all. Yeah. He wrote the part with the country song blowing all their brains out. <laughs> Have you heard this music? It really is quite awful. I'm a noble Englishman. <laughs> I don't get country. <laughs> so we meet some characters. Yeah. I mean, there's Ving Rhames and Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. We also have... Is it Ving Rhames? It's Ving Rhames. Really? Plain. No, okay. We can cut that part out. It's Ving Rhames. I was just making sure. Okay. Let's, let's keep on. We'll cut that out. <laughs> Who did you think it was? I have no idea. Who did you think it was? I was watching it on my phone, so I couldn't really see faces. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Ving <laughs> yeah. Rhames and Pam Greer. <laughs> There's also, don't mean to blow your mind here, Blaine, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Who plays like this, you know, pretty boy TV reporter. And he has a girlfriend, Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like a fashion reporter. Yeah, but they don't like each other. They're not meant to be together. They're sort of like, they're both awful, Mm. like in different sort of ways. Yeah. But there's also, we have Jack Black. Yeah. What a surprise. I mean. What a breath of fresh air that doesn't last more than two minutes in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely doesn't overstay his welcome. I think they cut out his song. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, on the cutting room floor somewhere. Classic. <laughs> so tenacious. And they're like the trailer park trash sort mm-hmm. of family. And he's like the younger brother. And there's the grandma, too. I... Yeah. Yeah. And she's uh, kind, of, they kind of like are skirting with Alzheimer's that she has. So she doesn't really know who anyone is anymore. But she does love her country. Yeah. And that'll come back. That's the last thing that dies. <laughs> the love of country. That's right. The love of Garth Brooks. That's in the heart. When the thunder rolls <laughs> and the lightning tumbles. I don't know. Yeah, um, that might be a song. Of his. I think it's a song. Okay, cool. <laughs> Chris Gaines. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if the aliens came and, like, the only way to kill them was to play Garth Brooks as Chris Gaines? <laughs> That would be like a really obscure weapon. It would it would hurt everyone else though. It's like let's just let them take us. <laughs> we don't want to subject ourselves to that. It's like at the end of things, like 
maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And also we get a little bit of West Wing drama because we have President Jack Nicholson. Yeah. In, you know, his most stately role. As as a president. As the president. And, And he's supposed to be a bad president. He looks like a great president. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, in, I mean, it's hard to, in this climate, it's hard <laughs> to view this movie and be like, well, he's, you know, he's he's restrained. He's not making any rash decisions because you can just be like, if it was Trump in this situation, <laughs> he'd be like, yeah, you know, nuke China. <laughs> Take away the aliens reproductive rights. That's how we'll stop him. But you know what's fucked up? What? Some people say. Oh, no. It, maybe it was Nostradamus. <laughs> it might have been the Egyptians. It was okay. prophesized yeah. that in this movie, Donald Trump would be president. It was prophesized in this movie? Yeah. In, like, the first draft of this script, oh, they mentioned really? former president Donald Trump. Oh, like the Simpsons did. Yeah. Like, they yeah. didn't say that he was impeached. Right. Or... Made to straddle a large bomb and then just dropped over the ocean. Yeehaw. Yeah. No, it didn't say any of that. No, it just they uh, they took it out because I guess Tim Burton didn't want to be too political. The thing is, is if they wanted Jack Nicholson to play just one character in this, he could have played Trump because that both his characters own a casino and are the president of the United States of America. Oh, my God. You're right. They're yeah. both like if they were combined, his two characters would be Trump because the other character, I mean, this is sort of like a Dr. Strangelove light sort of move to yeah. cast like Jack Nicholson, you yeah. know, the powerhouse comedian that he is, <laughs> as two roles, both yeah. the president and the other guy's name is Art Land. Art Land. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And he's like a casino mogul, mm-hmm. you know, who's like very like, yeehaw! What do you think of the makeup on Art Land to make him look different? I mean, he didn't really look different. There was, like, a bad mustache and some, like, big-ass sunglasses. He looks different like a child trying to go into a strip club. <laughs> it's like it's like a mustache and a monocle. It's like, why? This is the worst. It was actually three tiny like Jack-, Jack Nicholson's in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Just smoking on a cigarette, trying to look old. The extended... Everybody wants to be a part of this. Just us. Galaxy's going to be... We have become world one planet. planet. And soon, we will become one solar system. What the hell is he talking These about? flying saucers have come from the planet Mars. <laughs> and at their current course and speed... Hey, be listen, entering Earth's I've been thinking about Martians when there wasn't hours. no Martians. Well, yeah. one interesting thing is that apparently... Originally, Tim Burton wanted Michael Keaton to play that role. Oh, that would have been good. It's I see sort that. of a very Beetlejuice esque performance already. Yeah, well, they're very similar actors when they do comedy stuff. Yeah, they're very like big, and they I'm... both have those like arching eyebrows. Yeah, it's mostly they act with their eyebrows. <laughs> the Wilford Brimley School of Acting. Yeah, yeah, but two of them, and on your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's opening a new casino, the Galaxy. Well, he had, yeah, that's right. And he's like trying to pitch it to like investors or something. Yeah. And Annette Benning plays his his wife yeah. in this. Yeah. And she plays kind of a hippie chick. 
Yeah, she's really into like the crystals. I mean, yeah. this movie's like a spoof of alien stuff, obviously. Yeah. And it like hits on like a lot of the, you know, really classic sort of tropes of people who believe in that weird stuff. <laughs> I was going to say bullshit, but I don't want to offend my dad. I know he's not <laughs> listening, but <laughs> I don't want to offend members of Blink-182. Yeah. So that's why I don't say it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have loved ones who believe in extraterrestrials and yeah. that shouldn't be made light of, but these aliens are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And these aliens are kind of making fun of aliens yeah. in pop culture. But, yeah, this is one of those like crit ladies who's like big into the crystals. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other stuff. Like, I like – it's sort of interesting that they put Ving Rhames in like Egyptian gear. Like, that's a big reference to the Chariot of the Gods thing. Yeah, yeah. That they reference in the thing. It all yeah. ties together. <laughs> It was all set together by the aliens. <laughs> they made us do this podcast. Rob, your hair is looking crazy right now. <laughs> you should be on History Channel. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so there's other uh, – have we covered – oh, because in the White House with President Trump is Martin Short. Yeah, he's there. Just saying things and being funny. A penchant for the ladies of the night. Is what his character has. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, I mean, what happens is, like, 40 minutes into the movie, literally, <laughs> after, like, they notice the Martians, the president, hims and haws, is like, oh, should I attack them? Or what do you think, Pierce Brosnan? This Are they peaceful? This is or Earth what? attacks. Yeah. No, you don't attack the Martians. No, it's the wrong movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan says that he, he's sure that they're peaceful, and he's Because any very... advanced technology. Yeah. Yeah. He's very English, so he's... Sounds very smart. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have advanced technology, then you must be peaceful because you made it to that stage where you could get advanced technology. That's yeah. That's his kind of like argument. He doesn't really argue that, but thank you for adding that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. Actually, he argues it twice in the movie. Does he? Yeah, just because it doesn't matter what he says and no one pays attention. Well, he's like kind of – he's stupid. Like his character is really dumb. Like he he has all these like dialogue bits where he's like – the outcome will happen finally. They'll, you know. He... Oh yeah, yeah. And well, I think he's he's kind of a, a play on the mad scientist from the 1950s movies. And this is all kind of 1950s sci-fi that they're making fun of here. Yeah, like the vintage stuff. You know, Tim Burton doesn't like anything past 1980. <laughs> no, no. So this is like, yeah, Plan Nine and all that stuff. Yeah. So he's the type of scientist that doesn't know what he's talking about at all mm-hmm. and does all these wacky experiments to get people into trouble. So they have this machine that translates for yeah. people, which is a kind of sci-fi trope that they use in mm-hmm. the 50s a lot. And they eventually, like, again, 40 minutes into the movie before we get any attacking from Mars. Yeah. You know, they have, like, a big sort of gathering. And the president, he sort of sends his sort of Colin Powell guy. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because, you know, Tim Burton, you don't really think of him as a political guy. Yeah. But he really fucking takes Colin Powell to task, <laughs> you know. There's one point where he's like, yeah, I knew it. I stayed in place and never spoke up, and finally I get rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Ouch. (laughs) Twist the knife, Burton. Yeah. Come on. But, you know, the Martians basically massacre everybody. Which is what they do when everyone gathers to see the Martians in Independence Day. 
they gather on the roof and 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 there's even a like a girl with like crystals and everything that's like they're our friends they're here to like help us and then they blow up that big building with everyone on it okay but so I'm saying it, double beats in this movie. Independence Day doesn't have like all these different sets of characters who are each <laughs> it part does. of the story. It does. And it's, okay, but there's no president in Independence. No, Rob, you're right though because there is no dog in <laughs> Martian Attacks, and there is one. Oh no, uh, Martian Attacks. It's <laughs> Martian Attacks. Yeah. Okay, so there are some some similarities. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I wonder if they had the same base script that then got put to two different studios, and they were like, "We got to get this playing card thing. We got to <laughs> buy that." So they don't think we copied them. This one's different. <laughs> it takes place on Independence Day. <laughs> what about this one? Also Independence Day, no. and other days. <laughs> it's some days leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. Around, you know, yeah. Touches on it. You know. <laughs> so, what's kind of like? Well, the, the like the Martians, like they say they're going to be peaceful. Yeah. They attack, and, and like and they murder everyone. It's kind of it's a lot. They murder everybody. They yeah. do. They turn them into skeletons. It's red a and green skeletons. It's, it's very Christmassy. <laughs> it is very Christmassy. I think Tim Bur- Tim Burton said it was supposed to be Christmassy because it got into the Christmas season. Also, because he's a weird fucking weirdo like that. He <laughs> likes the fucking weird Christmas, like Nightmare Before Christmas, and like uh, you know, I'm creeping up Christmas. Right. Nah, 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 nah. Sure, like, I got like ba- Danny Elfman here. Like Batman Returns, Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. He loves fucking creeping up Christmas. Right. Him and Shane Black love Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. But really, I think it's so that it wasn't fucking horrific. Like, can you imagine if they were like charred skeletons or like bleached bones that the aliens were like leaving behind? Oh, why they were red and green? Uh, so yeah, it wasn't to get horrific. past the scent. The uh, oh yeah, the MPAA. Right, snuck it right past <laughs> suckers. But they they do die in horrific ways. Like they melt and they hands are are vaporized. Yeah, yeah. Though apparently, like in the cards. And in, like, the novelization that was written to accompany this movie, mm-hmm. like, they died in much more horrific ways. Oh, really? Like, with people being, like, sliced in half and Whoa. then, like, you know, writhing around until they die. Wow. Lots of, you know, gory sort of... I think as a kid I would have wa- rather seen that. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the appeal of the trading cards, right? Right, right. They were kind of violent and... Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd be like, oh, Your cool. parents wouldn't want you to have them. Yeah. And apparently, like... The stupid thing is that the trading cards had their own story. What? Really? Yeah. Like, they were numbered, and you could read the backs of them as a story. But Oh, they were kind of like a comic book trading card thing. Yeah. That's I mean, they had a narrative. But the screenwriter didn't realize it until after he wrote his script. I hate Hollywood sometimes. Yeah. Let us, like, take something and be like, I don't care about this. He had them all pinned up so the front was showing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, like, it's a big problem. Because even with things like Mystery Men, there's – people might not have loved that Carrot Man comic. They might not have loved these training cards. Not a lot of people. Like, millions of people probably didn't love them in their youth. But I'm sure, like, a handful of people, it really meant something, too. Oh, like, Mars Attacks is big now. <laughs> it's big now? They have their own con. There's wow. cosplay. 
People are going out as Ving Rhames. I did, I did not. Ving Rhames as King Tut. The Mars Attacks community, or Mars Attackians as we call ourselves. <laughs> no, one, no one says that. All two of us. There's not even two. No. No. <laughs> it's too bad. It's too I, bad. There's probably somebody who really like loves this movie. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like Hollywood takes these, these things and they don't do their research on them. They're just like, we got to turn out more scripts we got to do this to get the rights to it and they don't invest themselves into like the lore that is the thing that they're doing well they just see that people like it they're like wow people come to our movie then that was definitely the case in the at this time yeah now i think it's almost it's gotten after the fan service has gotten bad yeah it's got it's an it's a pandemic, you know, <laughs> like the way that studios like yeah cave to the people on Twitter or oh, yeah. you know on, James Gunn, you're out of there. Yeah, yeah, or you know, or like the way that fans try to like cast people, you know, based oh we love this person, we want to see this person as this property, and yeah. it's like weird. Yeah, <laughs> and like it's a cycle because they feed into it, and then fans get like entitled. Yeah, so they think they deserve it more. Yeah. And that's why I want to see Wallace Shawn as Batman. That's my... Batman NYC. That's my Batman, you know? (laughs) He's a playwright. He's misunderstood, but he has to do this Batman thing to pay the bills. But Batman is really just talking to his friend that he hasn't seen in a long time over dinner. Alfred. My dinner with Alfred. (laughs) My dinner with Alfred. That's great. That's great. That's See, that's fan service I want. Yeah. I don't know who doesn't want that. But instead, you know, they're, I don't know. Yeah. We got another Marvel movie. Yeah. We're going to continue with more attacking of Mars right after this break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. It's Rewatchability. We're talking about Mars Attacks. <laughs> so we've already had someone write in and and say we have to redact something. Uh, we have to change something. Because you said before we went to the break, you said Mar- uh, attacking Mars. Right. There's no attacking Mars in this movie. <laughs> and that's what a, f- a fan already wrote in and said, you know, that's oh not the case. Oh, my God. So we need, to, we need to say. This is what you didn't consider. It's verbal attacks. <laughs> Somebody was like, man, I'm really pissed off at Mars. And Mars is like, what did we ever do to you? Just like, oh, right, the massacre. No, the massacre. <laughs> the it only- makes it seem so much more jaunty when you put the E's on the end there. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, it goes with the fest of colors. That's true. Yeah. So President Jack Nicholson, he's still sort of like hemming and hawing about whether to use force against the aliens. Yeah, and he has that one guy that's really wanting to use nukes. Yeah, Rod yeah. Steiger. yeah. He's like a big General Patton sort of fella. For sure. Yeah, shaved head, the aviators. Yeah. And the, the Martians, they keep on like 
they just like basically like apologize for killing everybody and like oh it was just like a just like a misunderstanding yeah you know yeah. it's like that like you know that Cuban thing there was the missiles and oh, then the like the crisis. person almost like yeah there was the end of the world yeah you saw it in X Men whatever it was <laughs> Days of Future Past right yeah. The most accurate portrayal of what happened there. It was Magneto saved everybody. That's very and nice. And that's why we have that day to honor him. To honor Michael Fassbender. That's right. <laughs> Michael Fassbender Day, uh-huh. where everyone goes on a Fassbender. Oh, the thing that we need to talk about is the infiltration of the White House. Oh, yeah. Martin Short goes in a, in a limo and grabs uh, a lady, a woman of the night. And yeah. she's an alien. Well, okay. First of all, you're putting a lot on her because at no point does she say she's a lady of the night. No, his character assumes every woman is a lady of the night. We've just seen him picking because up- he's in politics. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's Washington D.C. <laughs> right. Probably a lot of them are because it's a cesspool. <laughs> well, everyone assumes so because they're horrible men in <laughs> D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, D.C. politicians they like their. I mean, before it was a scandal, but now the president, you know, uh, is just an awful person. Most of tax dollars are everything wrong. <laughs> anyway, and there is nothing that can be done he, about it. He he pissed off. Just like people at like, this point, I'm praying for the Martians. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, I want to see what they put forward. Perhaps they have like some more reasonable ideas for governance than this Trump fella. <laughs> I, you know, there's one guy that wrote in was like, I'm not going to listen to your podcast anymore because you don't, you don't like Trump. And, and, you know, I, I it's, it's weird. We're allowed, everyone's allowed to not like someone. That's cool. But I kind of see his point because I'm sure someone's like flipping through the podcast and going like, oh, no, that one's about Trump. Like, that one's about Trump. Mars attacks. That'll be nice. No. Yeah. But that guy sent that email like, the day after Trump was elected. Yeah. Like, now, at this point, if you're still for <laughs> Trump, fuck you. <laughs> We're just going to double down on it now. All right, sure. You know. Yeah, let's get some Martians in here. That would be that would be nice. But these Martians are... They won't sexually harass... Oh, no. No, they definitely do that. Oh, no, they are. <laughs> yeah, they, never they... mind. Actually, thinking about the things that they do in this movie, it might not be a good idea. I think it might have already happened. They're just might- all in, in suits, in human suits. Yeah. Yeah, the lizard people hypothesis. But this Martian woman infiltrates the White House. She's just on her way, and Martin Short picks her up. This is my favorite kind of stuff that Tim Burton does is with this character. It's yeah. Like, like, she's, like, walking through the White House, she's but, like, She's sort of, colliding. like, otherworldly. She's, yeah. like, floating and doing, like, this weird, like, shoulder dance. Yeah, the hand movements. It all It's all so fluid and weird. Like, she watched someone walking but didn't quite get it. I thought it was really great how he directed her, and, uh, and, and her acting was really great, too. For sure. And that was Lisa Marie, who was a model for, like, Robert Maplethorpe. Yeah. And also was, at the time... Dating Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. Lisa Marie. Wonder why you didn't see Helena Bonham Carter in this? Because <laughs> he hadn't met her yet. <laughs> but he would during Planet of the Apes. And guess who, you know, made an appearance in that? Lisa Marie. Oh, really? Yeah. And wow. it's funny how that's just like, that's the, the overlap. Like, dissecting point. Their marriage just like abruptly ended. We probably talked about that on the Planet of the Apes podcast that we did. Probably. Yeah. But, but anyway, she, she's, a, she's a highlight Tim Burton, in this movie kind of for a douche. me. <laughs> probably. She's kind of a highlight for me in this movie. She's good. Yeah. I mean, that character is really, I mean, that's a really, like, 
strong image and like yeah. it's it's really like one of the, like the eeriest sort of parts of the movie. Yeah. And I I don't know whether like everyone in this movie has this weird like a weird costume to go along with their character mm-hmm. and it, it all feels uh very like it'd be a fun movie to do the costumes on, fun movie to do art deck on like Oh yeah, being King Tut, like acting that way through the whole movie—that's that's so fun to have that character on screen as King Tut the entire time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking because there was one point where Tim Burton got like a lot of flack for saying something about diversity, where he was like, you know, sometimes the story calls for something, and sometimes the story calls for another thing, right. and everyone on Twitter was like, yeah. Tim Burton knows diversity. He he can't even cast like two different kinds of white actors. Oh, just Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh. And I think you know I gave a lot of credence to that story because yeah, Tim Burton is always making stories yeah. about you know sure. pale white Victorian children. Sure. But the Ving Rhames and Pam Greer story in this is actually like the most developed story sort of in it, and they're the yeah. only main characters and protagonists who basically survive yeah yeah for sure and i love the kids that uh, like that they're like playing i don't know i think this is like an adult writing kids because it's like yeah they play video games and that's why they know how to like shoot aliens mm-hmm. like I, I don't know yeah I, I don't know if i buy that it's weird it's it's like this is our understanding of what kids like video games and trading cards yeah well, I mean, it's like the whenever there's like a character that they want to feature, those are the characters that are the only ones who can kill the aliens. Everybody right. else is just like mowed down. Yeah. But I'm saying we should have lost one of those brothers. <laughs> the kids? Yeah. Um, that would have been that would have been pretty horrific. We do lose so many people. We lose uh, Teen Wolf. You can't even think of it because we don't care about any of them. We don't know what their characters are. We don't know their backstories. That... We know his backstory. He's a TV anchor. He's in love with Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, kind of, but he treats her like dirt. Yeah, but they're yeah. both shallow people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And we get a little bit of Sarah Jessica Parker and Pierce Bond's, yeah, Bond's relationship where they're both on board the ship. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of like each other well her head has been sewn onto her chihuahua's body yeah and that has also been done to the thing and then his head has been just like severed completely and it's being sort of held up in like a vice that sort of thing what's happening they appear to be in a highly agitated state now at the end i i i i don't know I honestly don't know, Natalie. I just don't know what's going on anymore. This is terribly frustrating. I'm just not feeling myself. Oh, Natalie, if only I could hold you in my arms. Oh, Donald, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of profess their love to each other. And when the ship goes down, in the end, they get their final kiss. But yeah. I, I remember more people surviving than survive in this movie. Not a lot of people survive. No. It's like Natalie Portman. Is the new president now, apparently? Yeah, that's some pretty odd rules of succession. <laughs> I mean, I know they killed all of Congress, but we don't know anything about the Senate. No? I mean, I wouldn't mind if a few Senate people <laughs> got eradicated. Sure. You know? Sure. But let's... Susan Collins. No, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, fuck, though. Grassley and what's that guy? Lindsey Graham? This is like gonna Take turn... him. This is going to turn to the Fisher King or something. <laughs> Someone's going to attack these people. I heard it on the rewatchability. Only Martians. Okay. <laughs> Martians, if you're listening to this podcast, 
Lindsey Graham, Batman. Yeah, no one else hurt people. Don't do it. So <laughs> I feel like we've gone, gone so far off the rails. There's a few other things that are sort of like, you know, the stories sort of go along. There's uh, Ving Rhames is sort of getting everybody out of the casino, and he encounters Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, mid-performance of It's Not Unusual, which for me was a big song because of Fresh Prince. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, isn't no, no. That's Burt Bacharach and and yeah, Austin Powers. Don't, don't get your. Not all lounge singers look alike. <laughs> well, I yeah. like Tom Jones though. Yeah, Tom Jones he seems to have like a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, but and, you know, like I heard when his wife died, he was like, "I don't know if I can keep singing because I sing every song to her." Oh wow! Yeah, that's powerful. And like he was like, I also can't kill aliens anymore. <laughs> I've hung up my ray gun. I was ray gunning all of them for her. <laughs> well, we see him in the casino with Danny DeVito, who shows yeah. up in this movie for a minute. Yeah, he's in there. And there's, a, there's some great scenes in the sign graveyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito. Trying I mean, to... they're just there. They don't do anything interesting. No, they don't. Because they're trying to get to a plane to get to Washington. That's right. So yeah. that he can get back to his wife and kids mm-hmm. and they can just, you know, I guess get the fuck out of Las Vegas. Yeah, not where not all the Martians are. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a sound plan because the Martians are everywhere. Yeah, they're in Washington, D.C. too. Well, Annette Benning wants to go to uh, a cave. That would be good. And wait out her days in a cave like they did in Deep Impact. That makes sense. Yeah. And so she does. She she eventually gets there with Tom Jones. Well, you know, like, they have, like, those nuclear bunkers everywhere. There was one where in the town that I was born in North Bay. Whoa, you really? You can go, like, like underground. Like a mineshaft? It's in a military base. My wow. dad used to work there. In the military base? Yeah. In the, in the bunker? Yeah. He did janitorial custodial stuff. Wow. In the military base. And I don't know. He just, he talks about these aliens. <laughs> and I, you know... I've always thought it was bullshit, but right. now watching this film, oh, you're connecting the dots. Yeah. Well, if he worked in a military base, he might have been. Uh, Do you think he on saw side? something? Yeah, he might have seen. Do you think something? he had to like clean you know, the spaceship? He, pr- he probably saw the filming of Fox's Alien Autopsy in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> Good TV. Totally movie. rewatchable. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is that back in the trailer park, like Jack Black, he gets killed in the massacre. Yeah. And his family's all like, the wrong boy died. <laughs> and his girlfriend, Christina Applegate, yeah. is is very sad too. She makes a very small appearance in this movie. Yeah. Everyone does because there's hundreds of characters. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, like, he goes to – they don't want to pick up the grandma – and try to save her. No. They want to, like, fight the aliens. Yeah. And he, you know, basically leaves them to, to get their death. killed by the Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. And to go save Grandma, who's really, like, has, like, you know, maybe six months, a year left in her. <laughs> but Grandma's the only person in the family that's ever shown a kindness to him. Yeah. And she doesn't know who he is, but says that she loves Thomas who is his character's name. So we know that like she has an affinity for him, too, she, even though she doesn't know who he is anymore. Yeah, that was kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, like the weird thing about this movie is that I think watching it now is that like I don't really feel like I care about any of the characters. Usually in Tim Burton's movie, there's like the one lonely boy who like we're supposed to like sympathize with and maybe right. he like sees the kindness in people. Yeah, and he sees like the weird girl... 
that doesn't feel like she should be loved. No, no, you're thinking of Cameron Crowe. <laughs> I think it's the same, yeah. <laughs> Wait, does he have scissor hands? <laughs> That's Cameron Crowe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tim Burton's one of the music. Yeah. All the songs, yeah. But we're supposed to, like, that's supposed to be this character. But this guy, like, doesn't fucking do it for me. Well, they have scenes, like, cut scenes with him in diners, the donut place he works at. Right. And we never really learn anything about him until we see him with his family. And that's later in the movie when they don't like him and when they say the wrong boy dad and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't quite get to know him so much as a character and, and know what he wants even as all these characters we don't really know what they want one we do know that one character wants to build a casino yeah and that's the one thing that character wants but other than that we don't really pierce brosnan probably wants sex in the city you know james bond yeah or like the, the you know fame with uh being involved in you know bringing yeah. about these aliens as peaceful like sure you know. yeah but the other, the one person who we do know what he wants is is King Tut. Yeah, right. he just wants to get back to his family, and that's and that's something that we can all we all like, we all know, we all understand. It's simple, it works. We care about his family because Pam Greer is so yeah. fucking funny and she's, great as a mom. She, yeah, she's she's also like a great character because she's really concerned about her kids staying out, and she's having a hard time keeping an eye on them. As a single mom, you know, because he's way out in Vegas. Yeah. And, like, that part is, like, the only part of this movie with, like, any real humanity. Well, and, like, and, 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 like, Ving Rhames, too, like, he is in the back of that limo with the real estate developer, Mr. Land, who says, like, I'll give you money to beat this guy up. And he's like, I don't do that anymore. That's what broke my marriage up. So right. we, we understand his whole backstory. Yeah, and he's like the ex-boxer. I mean, that's a bit of like a, a trope. It's you a know? bit of a trope. But like it is at least very simple for us to follow. And he doesn't do that anymore. And Pam Greer is talking to him on the phone being like, hey, he's like, I love you. And she's like, just get back here. Like they're they're making up. Yeah, uh, they've already kind of made up because he's he's gone straight with his life and he's done good, and he's proved that he is the man that he wants to be. So we're already starting with this man that has like had a whole other movie mm. of character development that we can that we know about, and now he's just trying to get home to his family and gets to box the Martians and box his yeah. way out of it, which is so satisfying when For he gets sure. to finally do that. And he's a great character that way, and he has a, a love interest, and that family is great. And that's the only characters I care about this entire movie. Hello? Byron, is everything all right? You still coming tomorrow? You're just trying to stop me. That plane arrives at 4 p.m. Yeah, uh, hold on. Cedric! Neville! <laughs> hey, Dad. Who's that? Neville? Yeah. How you doing? We're going to the White House. You're going to the White House? Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. Man, give it back. Leave me alone. It's a, it's a school thing, like a tour. Oh, uh, so that means you're still going to school once in a while, huh? Well, yeah. Like, Jack Nicholson is, like, just a wishy-washy president. And, you know, he's, like, trying to give, like, a good performance. And, like, I kind of like it. Yeah. But there's something missing from it, you know? Like, well, there's no like, there's there's no weight to it. There's no yeah. weight to any other character. They're all just trying to be funny at the expense of having any relationship with anyone else. For sure. And it's written that way, so it's not the actor's fault. 
because he should be a better dad. He should be a better husband. We'd care about him more if that happened. And he's probably the main character in this movie. Well, for sure. He's supposed to be. Yeah. And we don't care about him at all. We don't no. care what happens to him. Well, and same thing as Natalie Portman. And it's sort of like interesting that like at this point in time, there was such like a first daughter trope. Right. Like, you know, Chelsea Clinton, like I can't really remember, but she must have been like such like a big deal. Yeah. I, I think it was probably because, well, you know, people attacked her and were shitty, you know, sure. about her. But it's also but, like royalty. It's also like I could be a princess too, like kind of thing. Like yeah. she's, she's someone's daughter and she's – Leader of the free world. I guess other presidents cool. didn't have like children in the White House. Yeah, like yeah. Well, kind of not in that generation. No, yeah. yeah. But so um, I think it was kind of the dream for people. Yeah, but yeah, I sort of thought that there was like some sort of like story between her and the Lucas Haas trailer park guy. Yeah, like at the end, like when she's the president. Yeah, she's like giving out medals of honor to the him family. And, him and his grandma. Yeah. Yeah. But and they like you know they sort of like they sort of like hint that they there's an attraction or they like each other. She asked him out. Oh yeah, it's crazy because she doesn't know him at all, and she goes, "You exactly. have a girlfriend." I'm like, what? Come on, Natalie. I like I remember that I remember them being together in the movie more when I was from when that's I what I thought. Yeah, they're like they go through this thing together and they kind of solve it together, but they don't really. I do like that all these stories are kind of. You know, will they meet up? Won't they meet up? Will these stories cross paths? And they mostly don't. And they mostly don't. And see, that's the game of the movie for me. And that's the thing that you kind of love to watch in movies that are set with all these different characters. Yeah. Is how they meet up and and where they meet up and, and when. And so I think taking that part out of it really is to the detriment of the script in this well, movie. And furthermore, mm-hmm. I sort of think that this movie doesn't like – the script doesn't sort of like – work well like to build on itself like things happen there's like you know it's a story but it's mostly like it builds up to mars attacks and then eventually it sort of ends but like nothing sort of like connects it seems like like they don't like preview us the the music at the beginning or like you know there's no like nothing really seems to have any sort of impact or meaning yeah but I also want to say before I forget that I'm really disappointed that <laughs> Natalie Portman didn't use her Jackie O voice. <laughs> She's at it, the White House. As the president's daughter, yeah. I mean, she could. I love that Jackie O voice. I've never. I haven't seen that movie. Is it good? Is it like the? I voice haven't good? seen it. Oh, I good? just love the voice. <laughs> Jan, his brains are on me. Oh my god. <laughs> It's a pink Chanel suit. I'm doing, that's not even it. I, no, I think that's just from the trailer. I think we just <laughs> threw in a clip from the trailer from that, that movie. It's so good, though. Yeah. I just love it. Right. And now, but I think it's like one of those things where, remember when Madonna moved to England for like a year and then all of a sudden she was British? <laughs> I think yeah. sort of since that time, Natalie Portman has like. She's become a Kennedy. She's taken part of Jackie O's spirit. Oh, my God. It's creepy. Yeah, the aliens probably put. Her head on a Kennedy, but no, no, it didn't happen. No. <laughs> so we should say to end this, the kind of rundown of this movie is that the Lucas Haas character and his grandma figure out that the the kryptonite, the the howling voice of this country singer, yeah, Slim he, Whitman, Slim Whitman, uh, makes a thick goo out of everyone's head in their in their astronaut. Suits, yeah. All these Martians, they so they go around. They play it's like this. the the yodeling sort of like 
you know. Yeah, it's the it's the amoeba, the bacteria in War of the Worlds, like kills everything. I don't think it was the bacteria. It was just like oxygen, wasn't it? I remember it being like bacteria, but maybe that was a remake. Oh, I guess it. Was, yeah, I mean, it was probably in the 30s when Orson Welles did the radio play. They didn't yeah. have the word bacteria. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Tom Cruise is like, "Hey, I heard about bacteria." Right. And Steven Spielberg was like, "Yes, bacteria." <laughs> um, so yeah, they kill all the Martians. The Martians die pretty easily. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then like dead. all of a sudden, like it goes from him picking up his grandma who's, like, playing the record. And then all of a sudden, everywhere, they're all playing the, yeah. the song. Like, in India, at the Taj Mahal, <laughs> you know, which has previously been destroyed, Right. They, they just, like, you know, somebody flies in with a plane and then all the things sort of explode. Yeah. I, I th- Well, they do say, like, next stop radio station when they have the, the thing blaring in the car. Yeah, but ra- so. you have to tune into a radio station. Like, yeah. why would the... I don't know. Why would the flying saucers listen to the radio station that is playing the song that would kill them? Can't they just tune into like some classic rock or something? This <laughs> Panama is playing somewhere. I mean, it's a Van I, Halen song. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how they disperse the information so quickly. They didn't have the presidential texting system back then. Yeah, you know. So he did you get told... your Trump text? No. We live in Canada. <laughs> We're thankfully we don't get those. No. So we get Trudeau texts, which are insufferable. <laughs> It's just like, hope you have a good day. Come on. And in French. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on, Justin. Just just leave me alone, man. Yeah. I, I will have a good day. Just uh... I'm not having a good day. <laughs> well, not after these texts from Justin. <laughs> Come on. It sort of like whimpers out. Like the, it does. The, the, the crooning starts. The heads explode. It sort of like, just sort of like ends yeah you know yeah ships crash or whatever and that happens but it it is there's so many disparate scenes that you never stay in one scene long enough to feel like you're in like you're really sitting in this movie at all Mm -hmm. i feel the pace is just so fast and so relentless and so i i even in the end i was like oh yeah stuff's still happening still happening on the screen man i don't think we like this movie rob well that's the thing i mean i thought it was like (laughs) I think, I, think, I think we hated this movie. I didn't hate it, but it was a good film before, and now yeah. it feels, like, really slow. And it also feels very dispassionate. Like, I don't feel – like, I know that Tim Burton can be a good director. I know that he has, like, a spark of humanity in that frozen heart. <laughs> but, like, it's not in this at all. Like, right. it doesn't have any of his, like – No, there's no Edward Scissorhands in this. There's no – you know, like, there's none of that yeah. heart. There's none of that – and there's or none of that like wonder. He, like, he was, he's so good at wonder, too. Yeah. And, and there's none of that in here. One of the things that's sort of weird about, like, Tim Burton is that, like, he has, like, a lot of empathy for, like, these sort of, like, special, precious, fragile misfits. Mm-hmm. But then he seems to hate everybody else. <laughs> like, he's kind of okay with, like, other people dying as long as they're not, like, super pale and with, like, dark stringy hair. <laughs> That's fair. It's weird. Yeah, I am. I mean, I am glad that King Tut survived and went to yeah, his like true. games playing family. 
And there was some funny parts, like legitimately funny parts in this movie that I kind of chuckled at. Yeah. Where the – at the um, – what's that landmark in Washington? Oh, the Washington Monument? Mo- Washington Monument. When the – The Boy Scout troop is like standing by it and the alien like shoots it and yeah. topples it. And then like – you know, since the children run out of the way, it, like, pushes it back towards them. Yeah, to the other way. I thought that was really funny. And I thought there were some things in the aliens that were very, you know, churlish uh, yeah. and creative and they're funny. They're very, like, cruel. Like, they're not just like, oh, we're going to, you know, destroy you because we're going to take your resources. Like, yeah. we're going to fuck with you and you, destroy you. You know how signs like, has that theory that the aliens are really uh, demons in signs? And that's the same right. here. These guys are like little little creatures, little demons, like gremlins, little minions. Uh-huh. Mm, you think that's what Tim Burton was going for? There's yeah. like a whole warehouse of like keychains with <laughs> big alien brains on yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> probably because it probably didn't sell all the merchandise it was meant to sell. This movie. He's still sitting at his computer trying to make memes of it. <laughs> Yeah, he has a whole plan that involves like a flip uh, board, <laughs> like that one meme. From the... Anyway, yeah. so I I think that they're like fun, but they should have been more fun. Like I feel like they they also missed the mark on being really because all they do is like shoot the the guns. But it would have been better if they tried to put people in situations in which they hurt that like because they were like. With, for all intents and purposes. You want to see more, like, toying with people. Like, yes. You know, like, cats toy with mice. Exactly. You I want to see, see them people have fun. tortured. Yeah. And that's you what... Know? And, and they, and they want to have fun, these Let me see, Martians. like, Pierce Brosnan, like, sliced bit by bit, <laughs> inch by inch, until, like, he's like, oh, my body, oh, my British body, it's beautiful, but now it's gone, and there's only a neck, but I still have a heart. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't put it better myself. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking, all those words. So, Blaine, what do you think about this? In f- summarizing it, keep in mind our Martian overlords are listening. Is this movie rewatchable? Oh, man. I think this movie has some definite funny parts to it. But I think it misses the mark on a lot of the comedy it could have. I think Tim Burton might not be the best comedy director. Yeah. And I think he doesn't hit... The the comedy is hard. I think the script isn't as funny as it could be. All those actors have a lot of fun in this movie, and I loved watching them have fun in this movie. So what you're saying is no Johnny Depp. No, That's your big has, problem with it. There's no Johnny Depp and there's no song that people sing. Well, you know? he was supposed to I play miss. the uh, Michael J. Fox part. Oh, yeah. Was and, he? Yeah, and we really, we really lost out on that. <laughs> He could have no. bought another island with the money from this. You know what the problem is? Like, because I think he used to be a really good actor, mm-hmm. and it's really tragic. I think you know his downfall. I don't know if he was always an asshole and you know violent, abusive person. But did you see that thing the other day about Jack Sparrow getting an Oscar nom for Pirates of the Caribbean one, and then the last Pirates of the Caribbean, that same character got like a Razzie. Um, That's it's not like, surprising. No, because uh, you know it just shows how far it's fallen, but and shows how far like Johnny Depp's fallen to. I don't know. After the tourist, I feel like he was just never the same. Yeah. Well, also that like, really hurt him. Yeah, I think that really that hurt was the him. One? That yeah. was the one for you. Yeah, I think that I think Ricky Gervais is making fun of him at the Golden Globes, but the tourist really, really <laughs> hurt him. broke him. Yeah, it broke him inside. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think this movie misses the mark. I think that there was a movie in here that could have been way better, but it didn't have it. 
I wish all the characters had a character arc that was as simple and clear to find as as King Tut did. Right. So that's what I'm going to say about the movie. I thought the production design was great. The CG was a little off sometimes, but whatever. Uh, one thing is that Tim Burton used David Cronenberg's DOP Peter Schlurpliski. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cause You're he, Canadian. You should know how to pronounce shit. that name. Come on. <laughs> um, that's great. That's cool. Just a tidbit. Everything looked colorful and and beautiful and great, like you're used to Tim Burton. Uh, so that that worked. It's just the story and, and the cohesiveness of the movie that didn't work for me. Well, uh, so I'm going to say it's mildly unrewatchable. Whoa. No, we don't do that a lot. We don't like to shit on movies a lot here. Yeah. We usually like go on the positive side. We try of to we try to spin a positive cuz we, we can. We we write and we do creative things and it's very hard to do what they do. Yeah, nothing we've written is as good as Mars Attack, so we can't really <laughs> say true. shit. <laughs> what did you think, Rob? Is this movie rewatchable for you cuz you did like it in the past? Yeah, I would say I'm a bit disappointed in this one. Yeah. I would say like mildly rewatchable, but I didn't have a lot of joy in watching it and you know, maybe like now that I'm older, I have more empathy for people whose skeletons are green or red. Right. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't find it very fun. And like there are parts that I that I think were good and like iconic. Like I still think like the the Martian lady part is cool. And I like like seeing all these characters. But I think like, you know, the, the Jack Nicholson double casting definitely reminds me uh, that like I think he was maybe sort of trying for a Doctor Strange love, and like he fucking falls far short because <laughs> Doctor Strange love is so good, and like there are a lot of the same elements. You got the yeah. president, you got the general, you, you got have, like you have that situation room. You have yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, you know, it's just it's really like half-assed. Yeah, and like with a little bit more i mean people i think Roger Ebert said you know it seems underdeveloped and like it feels underdeveloped like with yeah. a little bit more tuning they could have like connected these characters and these stories and like maybe found like a reason to like actually i don't know, found something for the martians that wasn't just like oh they just want to kill us like yeah. it, it feels like there's nothing to invest in this movie no. and then it like you know it's over and you're like well now i can go do something else <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's somehow that's sometimes how we feel on rewatchability about these films. Yeah. Now I can go go watch a good movie or go yeah. watch a movie that I haven't seen before. That'll be fun. Now be I can surprised. read about the real Martians, you know, before <laughs> yeah, yeah. they attack. Yeah, exactly. Dinner time conversation over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what my dad said. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. That's yeah. Great. So that's rewatchability for this week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, so follow us there. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review there. Also, don't forget, we have our big screening of Shaun of the Dead at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival on November the 3rd. It's a midnight screening, so you know, drink lots of coffee during the day. Come see us. We're going to make some jokes. Yeah. Drink, is, drink lots of booze at night. Yeah, us. that's right. You yeah. want to go up, then you go down. You know, <laughs> that's how you keep going. Yeah, it's a roller coaster of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and keep watching the skies, <laughs> or don't. You know, after a while, your neck will get sore, and yeah, then you just go back to watching your phone. Yeah, it's the exact opposite direction. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.